If you're cramming in your mechanics now, don't feel like you're going to figure out your timing by, by the time games start. And maybe your end games are ready. Hopefully some of these mental tips have you know really helped you from thinking opposite, working towards like the second baseman's ball cap. Again, I love that because you're thinking more of an external approach, which is what we should be doing as hitters. Especially if our timing's off in games, if we try to think about mechanics, it's too late. Mechanics are meant to be thought about during practice. Hey, I'm Ashley Agle. Some of you might know me as Ashley Burkhart, and I'm a former D1 and professional softball player who spent a few years coaching in the college game before deciding to put all of my focus into youth softball players and helping them make their dreams and their goals happen for them. It's our job to help them unleash their potential and become the athletes they've always dreamt of. I come from a small city in the Midwest and didn't let that stop me from making my goal of playing D1 softball a reality. No matter where you live, you have the tools to help you thrive. And I am hoping through this podcast to help you get there. On this podcast, you'll learn from Olympians, Hall of Fame coaches, and elite players what their journeys have been like. And you'll also learn from me and my family a bit of our journey through the game. I'm so excited to have you here. So whip out your notebook and let's learn how we can grow in this game together. Welcome to When the Cleats Come Off. We are back with another episode of When the Cleats Come Off. I'm your host, Ashley Eggle. So happy to be here. And if this is your first time listening, pumped to have you. If this is your hundredth time listening, also pumped to have you back. Today, we're going to be talking about timing. This is the thing, the topic that brings a lot of stress, especially early on in the season, in the springtime. A lot of people say, wow, Ashley, I'm just not on time at all. This is my first time seeing a live pitcher in four months. Uh, Do you know what you just said? (laughs) If it has been that long since you've seen a live pitcher, of course your timing is going to be off this time of the year. I remember when I was playing both basketball and softball, I would come off a basketball season and I was pretty rusty those first few weeks back, um, taking some swings and all the things. So just one, if you haven't given yourself grace yet with your timing, please do. Um, But if you need some tips on how to get your timing back to where you want it to be so you're at the right place at the right time, this is your episode. So like I said, if if it's a little rough right now, it's all good. It's all good, but I'm going to give you some tips, um, physical and mental tips to help you with your timing um, so you can be prepared for games, even if you feel like your timing's a little off, but also what can you do outside of the white lines uh, to work on that timing? And especially if you think that what you're struggling with is a mechanical issue, a lot of times uh, hitters think that, like even professional hitters, when things start to not go well, they immediately go back to the mechanics and say, well, it must be that. But for a lot of people, like more often than not, it has to do with timing. It has to do with when your front heel is down. It has to do with where your body is at come the ball approaching to us. So before you riddle timing out and think it's all mechanical, please listen to this episode. Try out some of these drills I'm going to give you because it's it's likely not a mechanical issue. Mechanics are meant to be working on in the off-season you know, every once in a while in season we can fine tune, but 
our mechanics and all of that effort that we put in the off season, now it's time to start trusting and getting all those mechanics to work at the same time. So it likely might not be mechanics right now. It, it could be your timing. It could be your approach. So I'm really excited to give you some tips on timing today. And let's just say it. If you like this episodes like this, if you like this podcast and you haven't subscribed on YouTube, or if you haven't subscribed on wherever you listen to podcasts, please go and do it. Pause it, go subscribe. So you know exactly when the next episode is coming up. So you don't miss quality episodes like this in season. I would hate for you to get to this timing episode and it be like the end of your season. (laughs) I would hate that. So go subscribe, be the first to listen. All right, if you've noticed that you're hitting a lot of balls foul to opposite field, or maybe you're hitting a lot of balls early to your pull side or weak to either of those locations, that might be an identifier that your timing's off. Also, swings and misses more often. Maybe that simply means you're early or you're late. You're swinging and missing more often, or you're realizing that, you're getting more miss hits than you are solid hits. Or maybe you're just not feeling smooth or connected or getting that ball in front of your eyes. If you're hitting the ball behind your eyes, I can tell you your timing's off. Um, Because if we don't see the ball hit our bat, it likely won't. So if you're just not seeing it well, if you're feeling a little bit late or a little bit early, um, or you just, you feel like you're not really squaring up, you know, 85 90% of the pitches that you're hitting off a front toss, then that could likely mean that you have a timing issue. And that's where we're going to address it today. Now, good news. The more pitches that you see out of a pitcher's hand, or just moving pitches, the better your timing will become. So if you just haven't simply put in the reps on live pitching yet, that makes sense why our timing's a little off, okay? So that means you need to see more balls out of a pitcher's hand, whether that's a coach throwing live pitching, whether that's one of your pitchers throwing to you, and just throwing. Sometimes you can work on that timing without even having a bat in your hand. You can just stand in on the pitcher as she's throwing a bullpen and just work on your timing, work on your timing, work on when your hips are turning. The more balls that you see out of a pitcher's hand, you will naturally get better at it. That's why towards the end of season, timing's not normally an issue because we've seen a ton of pitches. So if that if that's your indicator that you just haven't seen many pitches yet, go add like 20 to 30 reps every time you hit of just seeing a ball out of a pitcher's hand if you can. If not, you can use a machine. I'm not a huge fan of a machine because simply it comes at the same speed. It goes to the same location every single time um, unless you have one of those like machines that can, you know, mix it up. But if you can see balls out of a pitcher's hand, the more often you can, the better. Get your reps in. Now, if you're still struggling, I have more tips for you. So this first one is a mental tip. So I've mentioned it before on the podcast and I'm going to mention it again. Uh, But if you see yourself maybe super late on a pitcher, You're hitting, like, maybe you're completely missing the ball because you're late, or you're hitting a lot of balls, like, straight foul to your opposite field, Um, or you're just not squaring it up right, Um, and maybe it's just dribbling onto the field. Uh, This is where I need you to think opposite. So if a pitcher is throwing extremely fast and it's getting to you real quick, um, a really good thought is to try to pull it, 
okay? A lot of people will probably DM me and say that's a stupid um, thought process. But in reality, if you think about it, if if you try to pull it and you're a righty, that means you're trying to work left side of the field. Now that means you have to get the ball out in front in order to execute that thought. So from a psychological standpoint, if you're trying to put it to the left side of the field and the pitcher's pretty fast, and let's say she's still pretty fast and it gets on you, but you get the ball a little bit more out in front with that mentality, you're getting that base hit up the middle or maybe that punch to right center to get you on base. Or you're like, I, I can tell you right now from my perspective as a hitter, that was a huge mentality for me. I'm facing a UCLA pitcher. I'm facing an Arizona pitcher, you know, that has, you know, high 60s, early 70s type speed. I'm thinking try to pull it, especially if it's a good pitch, because if I do that, I'm getting him more on front and I'm barreling it up better. So for me, that worked tremendously. I've talked to many hitters on this podcast and they would agree. In that situation, you're not trying to pull it on a changeup pitcher. You're not trying to pull it on a pitcher that's throwing slow and spinny, but a fast pitcher, that might be a good approach. Now let's say there is a slow pitcher and you know they're throwing in that that spinny pitcher that throws it slow and you're way ahead of everything or you're dribbling balls to the pull side. This is a really great time to now think I'm going to punch it to the right center gap. So you're thinking opposite, right? So if she's slow and everything's going to the left side and you're a righty, I'm, I'm talking about righties and I'm a lefty. Isn't that funny? I just know there's more of you out there. But if you're pulling everything or dribbling everything to the left side of the field, think opposite. Think right side of the field. Think right center. Um, I'm actually going to pull up this video I just listened to of Aaron Judge. He was interviewed on the MLB Network, and it was such a fire episode. This is just like a small clip of him talking about his approach. And he says, no matter where the pitch is, this is his thought process. He's trying to take the second baseman's cap off his head. And right here, you'll see why. Finally, interesting. You were talking about you want to take this ball and hit a line drive at the second baseman's head. Yeah, basically, if, if I'm trying to, if you're playing second base, I'm trying to take your hat off. And I basically want to take your hat off, but I want that to keep going into our bullpen at Yankee Stadium right there in right. Yeah. So for me, that keeps me keeps me down through the baseball. You know, I watch a lot of Arenado, and it amazes me when he swings. Like, the ball's out this way, but his head and his body's still here at the plate. Arenado with a drive. In the deep left. It's at the seeing that so for me my mindset that helps me keep that is like if I'm trying to hit a doesn't matter where the pitch is if my first move in directions towards that second baseman and like hitting the line drive through him I feel like it just keeps my bat path clean let's see if Judge delivers here line drive it's a base hit to right field and we are underway with the Judge single as you can see I'm totally obsessed with that mindset um, he's a righty hitter by the way So for you lefties out there, that would mean the shortstop. I loved how he talked about how he feels like his barrel stays in the zone longer and through the ball longer. And what's amazing is, you know, yeah, he gets those base hits to that side of the field, but he hits the ball all over the field. He hits he hits home runs a lot. And with that same approach, you can have more balls that you're not just getting to contact, but also getting through, which is massive. If you're wanting to spread the field and also hit pitches in the locations of where you want to hit them 
All right, this next tip that I have for you is a little bit of tea work. So it's funny, I'm, I'm staying on the MLB trend, um, but there's just so much on the MLB network. I love how they interview these hitters and, and ask questions about how they think. And there was this one interview they did with Albert Pujols, and he actually does this drill, I think he said every day, off the tee. Um, and if you listen to any of these elite hitters, they are always starting off the tee. So if you're not starting off the tee, take it from the best of the best, you need to. But this specific tee drill is working on pitches deep in the zone, almost like working on getting jammed. And I know that sounds kind of wild and crazy, but Albert will put his tee back in his stance, somewhere between his front foot and his belly button. And he'll work down the middle. He'll sometimes creep that ball in a little bit. And he just works on trying to punch the ball, kind of like Aaron Judge was saying, but like punch it to right center, punch it to right center. And that is him trying to make sure he's getting his barrel in the zone early. So before contact, during contact, and even after contact, pushing through that ball. Um, If you work on this like in a cage, it would be a really good mindset to work right side of the cage, but also trying to hit it hard to the right side. Um, For you righties, you lefties, it would be the left side. But it really helps you get through it. And even if you get jammed, which Albert was like, yeah, we're getting pitchers throwing over 100 miles an hour to us. I have to practice like I'm going to be late sometimes. And if we don't practice like we're going to be late sometimes, we will not find ourselves squaring it up. We'll just be like, oh, crap, what do I do now? But he practices this almost every day. So it's a really good rule of thumb to if maybe you are behind and you're not sure how to get through it the way you want to, try out this drill and put your tee back in your stance a little bit and just work right side, righties, and for lefties, work left side. Um, But just find a way to barrel it up, even if it is a little deeper than you naturally like it. Okay, here are some front toss and machine drills that I want to give you. Um, I wrote down like three drills and then ended up adding three more, so bear with me here. This one is a common one. You may have done it before, but it's called three-plate drill. So you can do this off of front toss. You can do this off of machine. You can do this off of live uh, pitching or a live arm. I highly recommend the live arm option. But essentially, you have three different plates. and And I would say they're probably within, you'd stack them maybe like six inches apart. So you'd have like your normal plate right in the middle. You'd have a plate in front of that plate, and then you would have a plate behind that middle plate as well. So the middle plate is is simulating just a normal front toss or a normal hitting location for you. And then there's a plate back simulating maybe a slower pitch where we have to be more patient. And then the front plate is working on, you know, a a pitch that's getting on us a little bit quicker. So simulating for the quicker pitch that we probably need to get to our load a little bit sooner so that we can still hit it out in front. So, and also you can set up those plates however you really want it. You can separate them more, you can separate them less, whatever works for you. But the idea is getting balls that feel and seem slower and getting balls that feel or seem faster. Uh, I think this is a no-brainer type of a drill that, you know, if you're running a team practice, it should be done, especially every day in the spring, just to get timing down. I do similar drills with my hitters a lot. Um, Sometimes if I only have two plates, I only have two plates, but have them alternate. Do maybe like three to five pitches at one spot and then have them move. Have them do three to five balls in another spot, have them move. The idea is to get the hitter uncomfortable 
get the hitter having to make different decisions based on where the plate is. Um, I will make sure all of these drills, by the way, are in the show notes. Some of these you can find on my personal YouTube channel. Some of these are some of my friends' drills that I'm just going to share with you. Um, but if you want to see exactly how this drill is done, uh, you can head to the show notes and find a little bit more detail on each drill there. This next one is a huge fan of mine. I actually hated it at first. So if your players hate it, um, it's probably good for them. So this one is called self-toss. All right. So self-toss is very hard because not many people know how to toss the ball to themselves. They're normally getting a ball tossed from someone else. So to just get the toss down is the hard part. But a lot of times when it comes to timing, hitters haven't completely gotten their hands back in a good launch position. And when that happens, they feel like they're rapid, like to and through the ball. It's not, they don't feel short to it. They feel like, you know, the ball's getting on them really fast. Um, so the idea is in this drill is make sure your hands start back to where they're in a good launch position. So all you have to do is grab and go. So for me, I'm a lefty, so I'm going to describe it that way. So I normally hold my bat with my left hand choked up in, again, that launch position. So knob to catcher, it's back, it's ready to fire. And then I have my softball or whatever ball I'm using in my right hand out in front of me. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to toss it in the air and I'm going to toss it high enough to give myself time to get my right hand on the bat. But the idea is I'm going to toss the ball in the air somewhere near my strike zone, which again, might need some practice if you need, if you haven't done this before but toss it in the air, grab my bat from where that launch position is. And then when that ball finds its way somewhere in my strike zone, that's where I turn and I fire and I swing. Again, this might take, for some of you, hundreds of balls to try to figure out how to actually make good contact here. But I'm telling you persistence is key here because this is such a good drill to make sure your hands are getting back before firing. So to simulate maybe like that change up or slower pitch, you can toss it higher. To simulate maybe that quicker pitch, you can toss it lower. There's a lot of flexibility here. And the best part is you don't need anybody else to help you with your timing in this drill. You can just hit into a screen. Um, highly recommend though, if you are indoors, get pretty close to that screen because I've seen some people like pop it up, like straight to the sky. So just be careful where you're doing this. Um, I don't want DMs saying, wow, Ashley, you made my daughter break my garage or a lamp or something. <laughs> be smart about it. This, this, these balls might fly everywhere. So make sure you have a safe space to do this one. But it's super good on timing. Another drill is, um, and I've, I've actually been inspired to do this drill by watching Aaron Judge and watching the entire interview. Uh, you only heard like a minute of it, but he has like a knee hike where his front knee comes up and his front foot comes up and it comes pretty high. This is a drill that I've been doing a lot lately with my hitters. And at first they don't really like it because, you know, whether they have a small step or no step at all, it's kind of weird to lift up your front leg. Um, but the idea is knowing when, especially from a timing perspective, when your front foot needs to be down. And when I say front foot down, it means you're getting your front foot down and you're getting to a centered, strong position. And I simulate this so often. I try to say when you're in, and that's that's launch position, you should not be still in your back leg once your front heel is down. You should be in the center of your body. And I like to say, rule of thumb, like you're getting into a position to pick up something heavy, like your heavy book bag with all your textbooks in it 
or I like to say my 70 pound dog that I try to lift up. So getting to a strong position once that heel plants is super important to make sure that we're not, you know, leaning too far back, leaning too far forward. But this knee hike drill, which I'm just going to simulate here. I don't know if I'll be able to find it on YouTube. I probably will. But ideally, it's just getting your front leg up. So you're putting a lot of weight into your back hip. You're landing and you're firing all together. So you could do this off of the T to try to figure out your timing. But the idea is there's no pause. It's just knee up and then get the foot down and go. Play around with this one. I like to, you know, with my advanced hitters, have them try to like hit balls to opposite field, maybe pull a ball or two just to kind of feel you know, when that front heel lands, where are they working? But I really like this drill for timing because we cannot hit the ball our hardest if we don't get to a strong launch position. And this is kind of simulating an exaggerated launch position of where you're lifting and you're doing a massive weight shift. Uh, But when you do that, you tend to have to work on, you know, staying low or staying back and then taking your weight forward and then going through the ball. So it's almost like coming down into the ball, which I really love that approach. So this knee hike drill, big fan. This next one, I used to do with my dad a lot, like when I was little. My dad's 6'6", so he's massive, and he could just hold a ball really high in the air and drop it from the sky. Uh, But this was really good for reaction for me. I didn't do this drill a lot when I got older, but if you feel like you're behind a lot, this will be a really good drill for you. So essentially, it's either your coach is super tall like my dad and can just stand in the opposite batter's box. Let me emphasize in the opposite batter's box so you're not getting slammed by the pitcher or the hitter with a bat. And you just put your hand over the plate somewhere near like the strike zone and you just hold the ball in your hand and then you drop it. And then as it's dropping, you get your hand out of the way and the hitter is supposed to hit it somewhere near the strike zone. So this is really good for tracking the ball. So if your eyes are a little off because you just spent all winter doing basketball or another sport, this is a really good hand-eye coordination drill. Also, it's great for timing. So just like the self-toss drill, the higher the hand is, the slower the ball will like get to you. But if you have your hand like pretty, like maybe just above the hitter's head, they have to make a very quick reaction to then hit the ball. So if you want to simulate slower pitches or faster pitches, the idea is this drill, as soon as the ball is dropped, the hitter is supposed to decide when they fire. So some of them might fire early, they might fire late. Again, this might be one where you have a hundred balls before you actually hit it hard. Stick with it. Stay patient. That's what hitting is. It's not like you're going to perfect a drill in a day. This one took me months to figure out. So this high drop drill, it's working on reaction. It's working on discipline. You can kind of play with it as you wish. Coaches, if you're not that tall, don't worry. Just stand on a chair in the opposite batter's box and drop it. Again, I'm going to find a video and put it into the show notes for you to have an idea of what to look for. But This one is a really, really good one for young athletes, older athletes that just want to be better with their reaction and their timing. Now, this last one, it's not a drill at all, but it is probably the most essential thing that you need to do more of. And this is the second time I've brought it up, which means it's important, but you need to see live pitching. You need to see a live arm. So anytime that I had a hitting lesson growing up, my coach would always end throwing balls in a windmill. 
Now, she wasn't like uh, Lisa Fernandez on the mound, like pitching it in. She was behind a screen and she was probably like uh, halfway between the pitcher's mound and the and me as the hitter, maybe a little bit further back, but she would just throw a windmill. And so I would be able to see balls out of her hand a lot and I would be able to see spin, track it. And, you know, when it comes down to being on time, it's about seeing it as early as possible. And so this is why I'm not a huge fan of machine because again, it's going to the same place every time. A live arm, you're getting different spins, you're getting different speeds, you're getting all the things and you're getting tested a lot. So I would say from a discipline standpoint and a timing standpoint, you need to see live arm as much as possible. Um, Coaches, if that just means, you know, the last 10 minutes of practice is just hitters standing in on pitchers and their bullpens, great. Um, If that's adding a station for hitters to just um, hit off of pitchers throwing live, amazing. That makes your pitchers better and your hitters better. There's so many options to do this, but from a hitting perspective, you need to see live arm as much as possible. Because again, you can read spins, you can do all this different stuff. And if you are not already seeing live pitching, it makes sense why timing might feel off right now. So see live pitching as much as you can. If you absolutely have to and can't see live one day, then sure, throw in a machine, do three plate drill off the machine, work different spots, work different speeds that way. You know, use your practice time as 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 you wish. Um, but the idea is you need to see different pitches at different speeds. So live arm as much as possible. If you do need to use a machine, that's where you can just add that three plate drill. And now you're working on different speeds too. But seeing the ball out of the pitcher's hand is crucial. All right, this last one, this last tip I'm going to give you is a mental tip. A lot of times if you feel like you're late or there's a super fast pitcher up to bat, and I've said this before on the podcast many a times, but you can never say it enough. If you feel like you're super late or you're petrified of the fact that this pitcher throws really just gas, you probably just need to load sooner. A lot of people think, oh, she's fast. I have to quicken up my my swing. Nope. That is not the case. You should not change your swing speed based on the pitcher's speed. We need to be able to, yes, slow down, but the idea is you have to be at the right place at the right time, right? So if you can get your hands back sooner, it'll give you more time to be able to react to that pitch and decide if you're going to swing or not and put the best swing that you can on the ball. So if you are a coach and you know your team's a little scared of the fact that this pitcher is throwing fast, have them just load sooner. You know, the the simple answer that everybody wants to do is just move to the back of the box. Okay, that could work. But I will tell you, as a college hitter, I rarely moved my feet. I rarely moved my feet. And it doesn't work for everyone, but I was very comfortable in a certain place in the box. And when you have your athlete shifting forward, backwards, a lot of times it'll make them uneasy. And they're already uneasy with the fact that the pitcher's fast. So if we just have the cue of potentially loading our hands sooner, you'll have more time to react. So because we want to make sure we get to that centered, strong, stacked launch position that we talked about earlier in the center of our body, if you feel like you're not totally getting to center because the pitcher's just throwing too fast on you, well, then load sooner. Get to your load and your step sooner, which means you're getting to center sooner. And yeah, maybe you're shortening up your load a little bit. But like the idea is, do you feel like you have time to react? And if you don't, 
Focus on getting to your load, which includes your step, by the way. (laughs) It includes your step. That's where I'm referring to here. Your load includes your hands going back and also getting to that centered launch position that we talked about, center of our body. That's a position that we're trying to fire from. So if you feel like you're not fully getting to that, get there sooner. Just keep your hands back. So that's also a cue for a change up, but we can talk about that later. But the idea is if you can get to a strong stacked centered position, your money. So maybe you load and get to launch sooner to give yourself more time to react. I really enjoyed putting together this episode for you. And if you haven't figured it out already, springtime is the perfect time to spend on your timing. All right. This is not time to work on mechanics. That was like literally what we should have done all these months prior. If you're cramming in your mechanics now, don't feel like you're going to figure out your timing by, by the time games start. And maybe you're in games already. Hopefully some of these mental tips have you know, really helped you from thinking opposite, really working towards like the second baseman's ball cap. Again, I love that because you're thinking more of an external approach, which is what we should be doing as hitters, especially if our timing's off in games. If we try to think about mechanics, it's too late. Mechanics are meant to be thought about during practice, but you can also practice these mental cues in practice so that you're more prepared for in games. So take away some of these cues, especially the mental ones with games coming up and really work externally. Think, okay, I'm going to try to drive this to right center, or I'm going to try to pull it because this pitcher's fast. Like try out these different things, try them out in practice, try them out when you're hitting off of live pitchers whenever you are. And you'll notice that the more you intentionally work on this, the better you will be during season and hopefully the faster you get your timing down in season. So before you start blaming your mechanics, reel in your timing, use this episode whenever you need it. If you are really struggling with timing and just need a refresher, this episode can always come back. These episodes don't go anywhere. And just remember too, If you are so far off and like you swing at such a really great changeup that the pitcher threw, or you swing and miss because she just threw gas, it's okay. It is okay. We have three strikes to work with for a reason. Laugh it off and move on. The faster you can get over it, the better you will be. So especially early in the season, give yourself grace. Coaches, give your players some grace if they look like an idiot on a swing or two. Help them make the adjustment. That is what's going to help you this year is when you can make adjustments, especially with your timing, especially with being at the right place at the right time, which is probably what we're going to call this episode this week, you will be a master at this craft and the craft is hitting. So hitting is being at the right place at the right time. And your job is to get as close to that as possible every time you pick up a bat whether you're doing T-work, whether you're doing live toss, front toss, whatever, your job is to find a way to be at the right place at the right time. And I believe you can do it. All right, if you enjoyed this episode, save it for whenever you need it. Share it with one friend in the game. This is where we all can do just a little bit to help this podcast grow and reach so many ears and help this game get better and better and better. Share it with a friend who you think might need it like this episode, maybe put it on social media somewhere. That would be awesome. And just tag me so I can see who's liking these types of episodes. And again, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast before, 
please do it so you can get notified as soon as the next episode drops. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of When the Cleats Come Off, and I will see you next week. Don't forget to stay awkward, stay humble, and keep smiling. You got this. I'll see you next week.